It's show 84 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, the industry news and Kathy Albertini. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. 30 years ago, a software product was born, which was the first commercially available record storage software. Way back then, it was called RS-DOS. Remember DOS? Yeah, wow, that was a while ago. This software package introduced barcoding to the ACRC population on a commercial scale. ACRC was the predecessor of PRISM. Tim O'Neill, the founder, was told his software would never catch on, and apparently it did. So that spirit of leading the industry and developing new cutting-edge opportunities continues to this day at O'Neill. If you want to learn more about them and the cool stuff they're doing, you can check them out at O'NeillSoft.com. Hey, the music is about to start. Are you ready? Welcome to the Rim 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 Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Yep, it's me, and we're back, and I want to welcome you to this show. I'm glad you're here. Hey, just got back from the Big Nade Conference in Anaheim and have to say, wow, what a great conference. Bob Johnson and the team at Nade kicked it good. Congratulations as well to Don Adrianson and the entire conference committee for an exceptional event. Kathy Albertini is on the show today. Kathy's been on the show before, actually back to uh, week 11, I think it was. But this week, she and I are going to have a discussion about executive development, something that she and I are both pretty passionate about. But before we chat with Kathy, let's catch you up on the most recent industry news. The Australian Financial Review reports that Bramble's sale of recall, which was just extended a few weeks ago, seems to have narrowed to apparently just one suitor. It's a tie-up between Cintas and the Canadian private equity firm Onyx Corporation. Speculation is that Brambles won't get the $2 billion they are seeking in this deal, but that remains to be seen. Interesting that connection with Cintas and Onyx Corp. Uh, we'll see how that all goes, and we'll look for an announcement soon on that one. Mm, looks like a storage drive belonging to the state of California Department of Child Services has gone missing, and IBM and Iron Mountain are named as not being able to find it. With more than 800,000 names of data attached to them, it's obviously cause for alarm. Iron Mountain clearly states on its website that it was not at all the culprit as the storage devices were being sent by a third-party shipping company from an IBM facility in Colorado, and they never actually arrived at the facility. So uh, that's a big one hitting the uh, airwaves uh, this week. Metrofile from South Africa has announced the purchase of a business continuity management firm called Global Continuity South Africa. I think this is a really cool alignment from my perspective and... Um, be interesting to watch how they integrate global continuity into their business at Metrofile. Hey, looks like Steve Sisney is no longer CEO at Cornerstone. Cornerstone's board of directors has announced that Kent Meismer has been appointed the new CEO. Kent has been a board member of Cornerstone since July of 2009, 
and will remain on the board in his new role. Kent is former president and CEO of Liberty Propane. Mike Hefner, former VP of Corporate Development at Cornerstone, has been named president and chief operating officer. So congrats to Kent and Mike on their new roles. Iron Mountain, I looks like they're going to be selling their Italian business unit. Apparently, Iron Mountain's Italian division is one of their sluggish international units and is really not a big part of their overall business. So it looks like they're going to be releasing that one to someone else. Well, that's all for this week. If you have news you want to share, if you're selling your company and you want me to announce it before it goes public, hey, drop me a line. If you're about to require recall, anyone at Cintas or Onyx, you know, if you need to let me know, I'm here for you. Best place to do it is right here on the Rim Pro Report. Hey, I'm going to get Kathy Albertini on the line. Just hang on a sec and we'll get her. Kathy Albertini is a return guest to the show. She was on the show back in, uh, I think it was show number 11. And this week, instead of the usual exploration I do with uh, visitors or guests on the show to talk about their story, uh, you want to go back to show 11 and hear specifically more about what Kathy does in her business. Uh, But today I wanted to have a discussion with Kathy about a subject near and dear to both of our hearts, and that's executive and business owner development. Kathy, are you here I am. Uh, wonderful to have you back after 70, I think 73 episodes, you're back. So it's great to have you back on the show again. Uh, what's uh, Just catch me up a little bit on what's going on in your world these days. Well, we're uh, working with two profit enhancement groups in the industry. Yeah. And actually the first group that was started in 2006 is starting on its second round. Wow. So we will be visiting um, the same companies a second time and probably do a more customized look at those. Obviously, the group all knows all the businesses now. Yeah. So we have that advantage. Good. And uh, people who don't understand what PEG Group is, I'm going to encourage them to go back and listen to show number 11. Uh, but essentially, it's a group of people who get together, uh, a, a very defined group of people. Uh, give me just a, a sort of a glimpse into that. Okay, the PEG is 10 CEOs who don't compete with each other. Uh, They're all in the rim industry, and we meet twice a year. Each meeting is held at one of the owner's business locations, and the visiting CEOs are put in the mode of analyzing the host CEO's business, and at the end of the meeting, giving him or her recommendations on how they can improve their profits. Right. Profit Enhancement Group. Group. Okay. Perfect. Well, that that really forms the foundation. Like I said, we've talked to you a little bit more about that specifically. But today I want to focus, this be more a topic show where we actually discuss the whole concept of executive or owner development uh, and the ways to improve ourselves, not just not just um, in the, the basics, but a more substantive way to to create perpetual and ongoing uh, development and ed- education, maybe a light way of saying it. Education seems to be more classroom focused. This is more uh, digging into you as an owner, executive, uh, doing the kind of work that improves your position in the marketplace, improves your ability to uh, to really uh, be better at what you do. So. 
uh, owner development, uh, CEO development is really the essence of your business. Uh, so tell me some of the benefits as you have done this for many years and if you've engaged this with executives. Let, let's talk a little bit about some of the benefits that uh, people receive as a result of being engaged in some form of development process. Well, the main benefit is further further development of themselves, stretching of themselves. You know, a CEO is in the position that they don't have peers in the organization. They right. don't have someone they can walk down the hall and say, how would you do this? Um, and some of the questions they face are not questions they would ask their employees to help them with. Lots of them are. Uh, and so the the idea of the CEO as a lifelong learner, as a sniffer at what's going on in their markets so yeah. that they're they're tuned in to the many changes that they face, um, probably are the most uh, important reasons to develop CEOs. Right. Well, and, and I think sometimes, though, the, the, the context, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but the context in which you do that is really important. But I, I think one of the huge develop, one of the huge benefits of being involved in, in ongoing development uh, within whatever context that is, is that sense of having uh, trusted people, trusted person that you can bounce things off of, almost like a sounding board effect. Uh, where the, the the issues you're facing, which you can't always talk to somebody else about in your organization, you find a forum or a person, a coach, and uh, a, a consultant, a guide, or, or a group of those people to bounce those kind of things off of. And the sounding board effect, uh, I, I know for myself that I, I sometimes get stuck in a sense of, I think I know where I'm going until I hear somebody else replay it back to me. Yeah. Yeah, and so that that's the sounding board effect, and that happens. That happens, and people don't listen if they're not, you know, if they're not tuned into the idea that they need to test their ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes our ideas are wonderful uh, until they really get into the the light. I think sometimes I I refer to it as. So you got this idea, and you're all gung ho about it, and you go, "This we're going to change the world with this." And then you put it out in front of a, a, a group of people, a an advisor, and the thing gets just kind of beaten up a little bit. And and that might be the other uh, interesting part of a, executive development is the opportunity to uh, avail yourself of people that don't just uh, say yes to everything you do. Exactly. It's... Um you, you, as a CEO, as a leader, you need to have your ideas challenged. Yeah. And when you choose some mode of development for yourself, whether it be a coach or a group or um, some kind of forum or uh, whatever that is, and it's important to choose something that works for you as the way you operate, as the way you're, as you say, as the trust part of it. Yeah. is the part that is the the basis of whatever you do. If you don't trust the coach or the group or the um, learning opportunity, then you're you're probably not going to get that much out of it. Yeah. Well, I've I've heard it said that 
in business, uh, specifically around business, but I think it's a, a more general, uh, general principle that the people you hang around with and allow to influence you are really the measure of your own success. So that sense that when you're involved in some kind of development process, which is group or coach related, uh, what's happening is you're putting yourself with people who raise you up to a new standard. And that uh, often for me is a really important part of what I do for myself and what I encourage my, my clients to do is get in, in situations that you're constantly being pulled forward. Um, I, I think I've heard you talk about the nudge factor before. Yeah, yeah. They, I think tag members in particular um, may often go into something like a peg, which is more of a group way of developing, yeah. thinking they've cracked all the problems, they have a great business, and they have, sometimes it doesn't have to be even the other CEOs visiting their business, but them visiting someone else's business. Right. They're sitting there looking at the way Fred manages his people. Right. Or sells his product, and they reflect, whoa, that's the way I do it. Yeah. And it's not working for him. It's not working for Fred, and it's right. not working for me. And so there's this kind of quiet aha yeah. that they don't, they might not say that to the group, but they get on that airplane, they start making notes about what they're going to do to change right then. Right, right. Yeah, the, the I, I love that that group dynamic though of of realizing that everyone is on a separate path and some of us in our path are slightly ahead of everyone else and in in one way and yet behind people in other ways. And the value of group dynamic in all of this is that uh, when you explore the people that are sort of leading the way in that there's example there. But when somebody else is explored who is falling behind in a certain way, the group uh, brings uh, nudge, brings experience, brings uh, ideas and opportunities that pull you forward. But it, oftentimes sitting in observation is the, is the clue or the catalyst to you because if somebody else is doing something that aligns with what you're doing, you, you don't even have to be on the hot seat to necessarily get pulled forward as a result of that. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. One of the, the most frequent arguments among PEG members is whether you learn more when the CEOs visit your business or whether you learn more when you're visiting someone else's business. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it is, it's an argument that will never be won. Right. And it also reflects the idea that people learn in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, the, there's there's definite benefit on both sides because as the person getting in your particular uh, context in the work that you do, the, the, the CEO or the owner of the company getting pegged, as you guys call it, uh, getting pegged is the – it's almost like you have nine other – um, not other business owners who become consultants and guides for you, plus the work you do as a facilitator and as a guide as well. Um, so there's the you know the the value of that, but there's also the value on the other side of just really observing and understanding and being part of the the advice and direction that others in the group are giving on an ongoing basis. Right. 
Yeah. Right. No, that's really cool. Well, let, let's talk about some of the other ways that people can uh, avail themselves of this kind of development, uh, this kind of ongoing support and help. Well, well, let's start with the PEG because that's one of the things that you're highly involved in, obviously. So uh, PEG as you described it, is 10 different CEOs from non-competitive markets who come into each other's world twice a year. Right. Uh, do you do that more than twice a year, or is that, that that's kind of the standard uh, agenda? That, that's what we've evolved to, and um, but the pegs follow a path. Each peg follows kind of an individual path. So in some cases, pegs have decided... You know, we as CEOs are getting so much benefit about uh, out of this that we want to create something for our operations people. And then there's there's a lower level activity that will happen just with the operations people. Oh, okay. Um, I I often tell people when I'm describing the peg that that peg members actually get as they evolve, they get more benefit between the PEG meetings right? sometimes than they do at the meetings because they're figuring ways to do deals with each other. They're um, exchanging employees either for just a visit or for a longer period. They're really finding ways to learn more deeply kind of throughout their organization. Well, and I think what's cool too, because many of uh, people in your PEG groups are clients uh, of, of mine, and what's what's interesting I find is that subsequent to PEG, what happens is there is a um, yeah there's there's that percolation effect I I like to call it like a coffee percolates for a while and things start happening during PEG uh, that come back and 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 then start getting implemented and then in the implementation phase it's often um, I know there's certain people in certain groups that are highly focused on technology and have, have created a really cool way to use, say, their software back end uh, and do that appropriately. And then there's, you say, sharing employees, but sometimes, yeah, it's pulling the resource from that other CEO's company to assist with something in theirs. And yeah, th- those are some of the neat effects that I hear sort of in, in secondary mode from what happens in pegs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's, it's all about the trust that has been built, that you're willing to do something for someone else, which I have to say for all the industries that I've worked in, this industry with PRISM, I, I haven't um, been as much involved with NAID, but with PRISM, the, the feeling is developed there at conferences, yeah. at um, side things where it's kind of a perfect place to put something like a peg because people are already connecting with each other in the educational opportunities and they are reconnecting through the online community or, or, or. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's, um, there's a tradition to help each other. Yeah, yeah. So what other things, because peg, PEG is one option and it's one opportunity and there are a number of people in this industry who obviously work with you on PEG, but I, I, I want to make sure that we're exploring all of the different opportunities. So what other ways can people get in some type of perpetual and ongoing development 
uh, with for themselves to improve their position and improve their business. What other ones uh, are you aware of that that are also quite appealing? Yeah, there there are um, probably in every even small city there are things like a chamber of commerce CEO forum. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, and this this would be a situation where you're. Again, it would be non-competing CEOs, but it would not be industry-specific. Right. Yeah, that's um, often the difference in the the more local stuff is that you're dealing with uh, people often from very different types of category. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but the but the advantage to something like that is it's close by. It's people you may, in fact, be doing business with in as a as a vendor, or you a vendor to them, or or you know any combination thereof. Yeah. Um, so so there's a lot, and it may be, and it's more frequent. Right. It may be monthly. It may be quarterly or something like that. And then the other the other similar thing, which which wouldn't be in every single market, but is in a market where there's a business school that has established something like a family business forum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we actually have many PEG members who are struggling with uh, family ownership, uh, succession, any of the, the family-related issues that many businesses face that may, may be PEG members, but they also belong to a local family business forum. Right. Um, and that... That is very helpful because we worked with one business where there were five siblings, um, and the, the five siblings would not attend every PEG meeting, but they did uh, make sure that they regularly attended the family business forum that was local to them, right. and they could, they could bring up the issues, and they could also have some private consultation that was um, connected with that. Yeah. And that, that's a really good one because many of the, the companies in our industry, at, at least the ones that have often come out of moving in storage or self-storage, they are very family-oriented. And that uh, succession planning and the integration of, of new family members into the business from both, you know, how do you, how do you get them into the business and learning as if they were somewhere else and at the same time not, you know, having a detrimental effect on the employee morale, uh, other employees. There's there's so much involved in the family business stuff that those family forums. Uh, I know a few weeks ago we were talking to um, Mike from Milwaukee, uh, and he talked on the show about uh, being involved in one of those family type uh, situations, right. which are very valuable. I know uh, there's there's a, a couple other ones. There's one Vistage does a lot of work. Um, Vistage is actually headquartered. Their main headquarters just down the street from me here, but um, Vistage in San Diego. But they have groups all over the country that are CEO type groups that do the same kind of thing as well. Right. And they, they, again, it's non-competing. Yeah. Um, yeah. not the same industry. Um, and I think they meet locally. Yes, they do. Yeah. And again, that, that also has been true that many PEG members choose that kind of forum. That, that is much more structured and more expensive yeah. than something like a chamber CEO forum. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be at a higher level because somebody who's running those groups is actually that's their life. They're they that's are right. they're skilled, very skilled at executive 
group management, very similar to what you do. I mean, this is this is what you do. You have a have a very specific expertise at moving people forward in a process uh, through what you know where your profit and the profit enhancement thing. And I think what's in, so interesting about what you do, and I, I think all of these these ideas we've talked about are highly valuable. But what's so interesting about what you do is is when your people come together, they're all from the same industry. And you go deep. I mean, it's and I I know Vistage groups. I know many people involved in Vistage. Those those go deep too. But there's something that that comes from actually digging inside of somebody else's business that has all the same dynamics that you do. So there there is an ability there to actually dissect things similar to. Um, you know, what's your average profit margin on this kind of thing? And how does this affect you? And uh, whereas in the Vistage and those chamber groups, you're dealing with business in, you know, at a very deep level, but sometimes not able to see the comparative analysis that sometimes comes with what, say, you do in PEG. Right, Yeah. right. Um, and, the, and I was curious because you mentioned um, something I didn't know anything about, um, on the show where you were interviewing Sherry Taylor, yeah, the Mastermind Group. Yeah, well, Mastermind to me is is even a slightly different variant, and uh, I've been involved in Mastermind for many years. And Mastermind tends to not always be so much about your business in general. Uh, like I do marketing masterminds, and marketing masterminds are people either from similar or divergent industries, but the whole focus is around the the part of the business. So, uh-huh. so in my case, marketing masterminds, uh, I, I will often bring people together and we will focus on uh, what is everybody doing just in that one one area. I know like with peg groups, you'll actually marketing will be one element of a, an entire set of discussions over the time that you're pegging a particular member. Yeah. Uh, in Mastermind, we tend to focus all of our attention on one topic on an ongoing basis. Uh-huh. So what's happening is in Marketing Mastermind, we're going, okay, uh, what did you do this last, uh, this last quarter as it related to your marketing? What were your effects? What were your results? And then the group becomes an advisory panel. And, uh, you know, it's an it's a evolution or a, a different way of looking at what you're doing. And that's what, I mean, Mastermind can be any group of people who come together. Napoleon Hill, in um, in his book, talked about the power of Mastermind because there's something that comes from a group of people bringing their attention to a particular thing in order to, it's almost like, you know, you get more from two people on than just, it's two actually is worth much more sometimes than one plus one. Um, if you know, if, if you understand yeah. that concept yeah. and, um, but mastermind to me is the, the opportunity to get involved in something that, that you, you really dig deep into, but very specific to a topic. Yep. Uh, and I, and I'm, I, I love that kind of stuff because, uh, where I think the work you do is very focused on the, the business as a whole and really bringing evolution to the business as a whole. Uh, my focus has always been very specifically around marketing and marketing uh, tactics and strategy and agenda and methodology. And so to me, that, that, that little area allows huge amounts of opportunity um, to, to dig deep. Um, 
So those are different ways. The other one I don't think we discussed specifically was sort of the coach role. Uh, and many people find that, uh, you know, both a combination of these group-related stuff as well as one-on-one -on -one stuff can become very valuable. Definitely. It's, um, <clears throat> you know, there, when it, and again, this, this may fit a, one personality better than another. Right, yeah. That, um, that working with one-on-one -on -one with someone, dealing with difficult issues, Mapping your way forward works better one on one than than sort of bearing that problem or that set of problems in a group. But the but the using both yeah. tends. To, I mean, we have peg members who have coaches, yeah, and we uh, absolutely we will often suggest in a situation where the CEO is having some specific issue that may relate more to personalities, may relate more to ongoing development of that CEO, that a coach might be a step in the right direction um, in addition to continued, you know, group yeah. efforts that they're making. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you lead a specific telegroup, as we've talked about, uh, and I'm involved in groups as well, but and we've talked a little bit about the benefits of those groups. We've talked about the different kinds of groups. But what's interesting to me is not so much just to the generic benefit, but as you've done this now for so many years, as you look back and people that have been involved in your specifically, because that's the only one you know you can discuss, uh, what are some of the big, big um, evolutions that not necessarily in someone specifically, but is there anything specific that you go, well, th this has been so cool to watch this thing happen uh, as a result of, of a member being involved in one of your groups? Yeah, for me, the biggest excitement in looking at the various PEG members yeah. has been when I see them getting what their next step is on their own. Right. So, yes, we, we give them a series of recommendations, and they always have the choice of taking some, not taking others, modifying some. Yeah. But for me, the biggest joy is when they see something that they discover on their own that's kind of based on things that we may have been telling them, but where they lunge forward, charging with great energy. Yeah. Almost as if, in some sense, they were, they were before kind of not knowing how to deal with things, and now they have direction. They still stumble. They still come back to the group and ask questions, but they have a new level of energy. There was one meeting in particular where I saw this, and it just evolved. Yeah. And it evolved because the other members of the group laid bare difficult things that they had experienced that they had never told the group before, huh. all to the benefit of the, the host company that we were um, giving okay. recommendations to. So it was, it was in 
the visiting CEOs, and there were three of them that did this, kind of one after the other. It was the visiting CEOs who said, I faced a problem just like this. I didn't think I could ever get out of it. I thought I would have to give up the business, and this is what I did. Wow. And and it was like you could feel the movement in the room yeah. between the between the members and the host in terms of where the host was going in the future and and it happened. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, those 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 kind of um extra monster bonuses that that become part of when you truly start exposing what it is you're doing and how you're doing it and the problems and and difficulties you've had along the way and the fact that you made it through that uh, is, is powerful to the rest of the group when it's exposed, when people talk about yep. it. That's so cool. So um, as people explore these kind of opportunities, what should they be looking for? It, what What's really important, uh, not just with peg groups, but if you're exploring looking for a place to be part of, which is going to really help you enhance your business, yourself, what are some of the, the really important things we should be looking for? Well, the CEO has to match his or her objectives with the objectives of the group. Right, yeah. Um, you know, for, for some, the, the Vistage group is, has a certain structure, a certain energy, a certain momentum. It's different yeah, yeah. than a CEO group. It's different than the PEG. Right. But it, it may match where you want to go, what your momentum is, et cetera. So, so matching your objectives with the group or the coach, what, whatever, whatever you're exploring is really, really important. Yeah, that's, that's a really important one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the other participants are also important. Yeah, like um, a chemistry kind of thing, right? It is a chemistry kind of thing. And, and in, again, my experience is the peg. In a peg, at the beginning, there's a lot of... Um, chemistry that is in formation right. that may be bubbling yeah. spilling over yeah. not necessarily smoothly coming together but over time that that becomes built and yeah. that becomes a smooth liquid in which everyone benefits and 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 gets things from um, and I think I think sometimes in those settings too, you have to allow yourself to be open to the chemistry that will develop. Because if you've never been part of these kind of groups before, what what's often at stake is this sense of exposure. Um, yep. And you you have to get yourself to a place so that if if a certain percentage of the group that you're involved in, it comes very willing to exp- expose what's going on in their business, in their lives. Uh, as it relates to the e- evolution and development of their business, and then there's members who choose not to, or have a you know, or much uh, less willing to do that. That creates some chemistry effect, um, and in in other ways, uh, just just the dynamics of the personalities can become very important. But I think it's really important going into these groups as a newbie, as a rookie in these kind of group settings, is that willingness to say the the best way to win in these settings is to be open, is to uh, is to be willing to, you know, and, and I think you have to do that sort of incrementally, just 
because it takes practice to say this is who I am and this is what's going on in my world and I'm willing to expose sort of the good parts of but but also the the bad and the ugly parts. Right. And right. W- and, without and that other, it doesn't work as well. It doesn't and the other component is uh, this is difficult maybe to assess but is that that the participants and the leaders you want the sense that they want to be learning and challenging themselves. Right. And so that that maybe leads me to my last question, because you and I could probably talk hours about this. <laughs> but the uh, the last the last question I want to explore before uh, we wrap up is is the leader themselves is critical in all this. So uh, what is a fair assumption uh, about how how much the leader works to improve him or herself in a group setting like this? Like, like for you, for instance, tell me a little bit about what you do to maintain your leadership edge, if we can call it that. Yeah, that's, that's my members challenge me on an ongoing basis. Mm. I always learn from them. Yeah. But that tells me that I also need to continue developing myself, whether that be, my own participation in different kinds of workshop on leadership or on industry-specific information to keep myself current. Yeah. And then um, I'm a just a voracious reader, so that's also another source of staying in touch with new ideas, um, trying new ideas out, learning more. That's uh, Things are changing so quickly. Yeah. If your leader of the group is uh, in the mode, which sometimes happens that they they struggle to keep the group full they, that's the way they're paying their bills but they don't really have time to kind of stay in tune with new trends develop themselves then then what you're getting is more of the sales pitch we need to get more members you, you right. need to get here that kind of thing and that that could rub on some people and yeah. not give them the value they want. Yeah. Well, and I, and I find for myself too, because I do a lot of one-on-one coaching work and consulting with people. And what what I have discovered is I am not a good coach if I am not a good uh, coach e, yeah. if, if that makes the the right distinction. Yep. And so I, if if I'm willing to ask you know people to you know put themselves in the context of being coached by me I also want to ensure that I am being coached so that so that you know they, there's a there's a you know there's a belief in me that coaching is is powerful and important in my business thus I hire an executive coach to work with me um, I actually you know, do a, I do that with a, actually a couple of different coaches because they come from different perspectives. Uh, one one is much more business and analytical, and one might be more, uh, you know, more life oriented. But both of those pieces to me are very important. Plus the engagement in mastermind; uh, those things are very important to me, and I think it's what gives me, as well as the reading and the research and the kind of stuff you talked about, it gives me the ability to also pass it on in an effective way. So, and it, it's kind of like psychologists, you know, psychologists, um, are very early on trained to, you, you have to have your own psychologist because it keeps you from getting stuck in situations Yep. because it's yep. very easy to kind of get stuck in the role of always helping others, but never taking the time to look after themselves. Mark Cohn wrote a great song. Who's going to heal the medicine man, uh, <laughs> which is a really important thing that I, I keep 
reminding myself of it's one thing to be a medicine man it's another thing to make sure the medicine man's not sick all the time and so uh, it's very cool I, I'm really appreciative Kathy of what uh, you bring both to the industry uh, to to uh, the, the the groups of people that I, I'm involved with uh, the the clients that I'm involved with and the the role you bring in their lives and I'm, I'm really appreciative of the time you've taken today to, to explore this whole thing because I think it's so critical to success today is you got to be involved with other people. Success is really not only about your staff and your team, but it's also about the other people that you put in your lives to make you better. And uh, thank you for being one of those people in our industry who helps make others better. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we'll catch up soon. Great. Hey, thanks to Kathy for conversing about this most worthwhile topic. Thank you, too, for joining us today. Finally, let me say this show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What continues to impress me about this company is not just their dedication to a great product, customer support, and service, but the focus they have on that new development stuff. Not for where you are today, but for where you'll need to be in your future down the road somewhere when all of a sudden the world has changed and your software needs to be changed too. If you want to learn more about them, you can do so at O'Neillsoft.com. That's it for us. Hope you have a great week ahead. We'll check back next week. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. Where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.